Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen, Yvette's The Wave this week, and today we're going to be talking to Fiona Thomas. She's a mental health blogger talking openly about depression and anxiety over at FionaLikesToBlog.com. She's also the author of Depression in Digital Age, so today we're going to be talking to her about the internet, mental health, and how to stay sane when you're online. Before we get going on this episode, important thing to put in your planner right now is that we're doing our first ever event. It's a chat about mental health in the workplace and it's happening on the 11th of April. That's a Thursday at 7pm at High Street Kensington Waterstones. Our speakers are Natasha Devon, Dr. Pragya Agarwal, Carl Anker and Matthew Todd. See you there. You know, there's a new study comes out like every day saying that it's killing brain cells and it's uh, ruining our children, <laughs> ruining adults' mental health. Um, so I get that that is one aspect of it and definitely it, see, it takes up a lot of people's time and brain space. Uh, but I, in my experience, is that people who are kind of feeling marginalised and isolated, actually social media can be really helpful for them because it gives them a tool and that's all social media is and it's just a tool and it's up to us how we use it. Um, and I, I found that a lot of people like me who've got depression and anxiety find social media is, is really helpful because it helps them kind of express themselves in a way that maybe they can in person because talking about mental illness is just so difficult. So being able to do that online, whether it's in an Instagram caption or in a tweet or in a private Facebook group, um, people just seem to be able to open up a lot more online. And I just think that's that's changed a lot of people's lives for the better. And how has it personally helped you? So I had a mental breakdown in 2012. Um, I was 26. I was working in like a really high stress management job. I was at the kind of peak of my career at that point, working in catering management in a really busy 
um, tourist attraction in Scotland and I just had been suffering from burnout but didn't realise and that escalated and I had a mental breakdown and then was diagnosed with depression so I was off work for almost a year and ended up not going back to work and when I was off work I was just so bored that I started a blog and it just really all took off from there like I didn't start actually talking about my mental illness online until a few years later once I'd had a bit of time to kind of digest it and talk about it more but I just found as soon as I started writing about it on my blog that it was just really therapeutic for me in a way that I don't think would have been the same in a diary because I put it out online and it was almost like that kind of validating your feelings putting them out there and almost admitting to yourself you know this happened to me and I'm not gonna pretend it didn't happen anymore so that was a big deal for me and then as time went on I managed to get you know interaction from people so I get you know comments on my blog and then I get emails from people saying like thank you so much for talking about this and I am quite open like I didn't get into writing about mental health initially to help anyone it was purely for selfish gain I just wanted to talk about my experience and just kind of get it get it off my chest um but from the blog grew my Instagram account and Twitter and it's just built all these connections with people that now either I speak to every day online or they've become my real life friends and it's also built kind of strengthened my connections with people that were already in my life so some of my friends or even like my parents and um other relatives will say like well we didn't know what you were going through like now Mm -hmm. we know because you've written it down and and I do I'm quite honest in my writing but I'm not always that honest in conversation so it's just for some people it is just such a helpful way to communicate definitely and when you first started talking about mental health on your blog, how were you feeling about that? Were you nervous? Did it feel like, oh, this is a fine thing to do? I definitely just kind of like slipped it in. I didn't I didn't do a big post being like, I'm admitting I've got a mental illness. I just yeah. I just kind of for a for a few years I was writing about fitness, like health and fitness. I thought I'll write about this and then I kind of ran out of things to write about <clears throat> and I thought I just kind of took stock of what I was writing about and I thought, you know, everybody's writing about like beauty products and fitness routines and I thought, this is just so boring. I just want to write about real issues Um, and obviously you just write about what you know. So I just started writing about, I think my first post that was kind of related to mental health was about body image Um, and I just kind of slipped in because like my mental health is... um, kind of been affected by how I feel about my body which I think everyone like nobody feels amazing about their body um but I kind of slipped it in through that and then that got a really um a really good response and then I started writing about alcohol so I because I, I, I gave up alcohol for a year um yeah to try and help my mental health but it, it did help loads um and I in that I spoke about mental health so I just kind of trickled it through via other <laughs> topics um in a way that if it got a bad response I could have just stopped I didn't 
I didn't set out to be to have mental health be part of my persona online it just kind of happened that way and I got a good response so I thought well if you like that just wait just wait (laughs) and see what else yeah Yeah, just opened the floodgates so what was the reaction like was it all positive yeah like like it sounds like strange to say but I've really not had any negative comments or feedback Mm. um apart from the the stuff that reaches the masses like obviously some of the stuff that I write for the metro like I don't read the comments <laughs> on that yeah don't read the comments there yeah because people on there a lot of people or the people who leave negative comments tend to just read the headline and then say yes. what they think about it um but exactly. on my blog and on Instagram and Twitter like generally people are just people people don't always say like oh that's amazing well done people respond by telling you their story which yeah. I think is like the ultimate compliment because it means that you've encouraged you've made someone feel comfortable and safe enough to then bear their soul to you which to me is like that's amazing and definitely I think that the mental health community online is such a positive like welcoming accepting space uh-huh. it's not it's not like the rest of the internet where you will get like trolls basically it's not mm-hmm. the same as that yeah and actually something that I spoke about that I spoke quite a lot is imposter syndrome um which loads of people get at work like they feel like they shouldn't be doing the job they're doing they're going to be caught out and actually what I've realized is it's rife in the mental health community as well because oh, as definitely soon as- as soon as you start to have a good day or you know have a couple of weeks where you feel good you feel like you've got no right to be <laughs> to say you've got mental illness because all of a sudden you think oh did I just make all that up was that was that all a lie so yeah nobody is oh immune. God, no I get that as well because also it's like if you're having a bad day you're like well why should anyone listen to me and then when you have a good one it's like wait why am I <laughs> like you can't maybe I win. don't really have depression and OCD it's really Mm -hmm. difficult I think it's very difficult to have kind of a bit of a brand or responsibility to start talking about mental health in that way Mm, yeah and that's why when I first started writing about mental health I, I don't like it when people say this is what depression feels like and then there's like 10 bullet points because I think it's so subjective so I always try and make sure that when I'm talking about it I just say this is my experience and your experience is valid as well because everybody's experience is so unique so that's why I think the more people that talk about it the better the internet's definitely powerful for that yeah how's your mental health now what are you doing to look after your mental health so it's kind of um yeah changed because when I first had my breakdown I was working in an office um yeah and then since then, I've gone through different kind of like waitressing jobs. And then it was really bad a couple of years ago when I was starting to freelance on the side and still working in a coffee shop during the day. Um, so I had to make the jump about a year ago and just went fully freelance. So now it's like a whole new struggle of making sure that I actually shower every day <laughs> and make sure that I socialize with people. Um, but actually I think I forget how far I've come because now I get so many amazing opportunities so I get asked to go to like events and come down to London um, 
and like do this, record podcasts, be on video, go on the radio. So I try and remind myself that even though, because those things still fill me with major anxiety, um, but uh, my resilience is so much better that even if those things make me feel awful, I always, in the words of Alan Partridge, bounce back <laughs> better than before. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm I kind of fully accepting that mental illness will always be a part of my life yeah but it's just um being emotionally aware and just like accepting that that's okay but I'll always be learning new skills and new coping mechanisms to just pull myself out of it so I think think that's a good approach yeah yeah and like we were talking about toxic positivity like last week it's not it's okay to feel these negative emotions and actually if you just let yourself feel them then you'll learn to be comfortable with them and to cope with them and your emotional resilience is improving all the time by feeling those things exactly and accepting that it's okay to not be 100 percent all the time exactly it's huge yeah if you're feeling top of the world every day you're definitely covering something up (laughs) yeah or not human like how are you doing that it's impossible exactly so what would you say that depression and anxiety feel like for you what do they mean to you Mm, so depression is like I feel like depression is just something that I'll always have and Mm. to me it's it's like a sliding scale so it's not like depressed one day find the next it's like a that kind of gray cloud that kind of thing that just creeps up and you know you can almost it's like a thunderstorm you can hear it coming you know overhead (laughs) you can try and like run away from it or you can just accept it and almost ride it out um so yeah it's depression for me is something that's just always kind of lurking around in the background and oh sometimes as well the fear of it coming is worse than actually just having it um so sometimes you just got like just I can feel it coming I just want to get it over and done with and just have a bad week and just ride it out so I've kind of learned to accept it I suppose um and anxiety I actually think anxiety is harder to deal with because it's for me anxiety is such a physical thing yeah it's not it's almost not doesn't affect me mentally anymore because I can separate my mind from it so I know that it's there but then it's really hard because I can't change the physical symptoms Mm. Um, so it could be like being unable to sleep or feeling physically sick or being jittery or it affects me in so many different ways sometimes for me anxiety is just being frozen and not being able to do anything so it could be I've got a list of things to do I can't do them so I just have to lie in bed but I can't sleep so I'll just lie there (laughs) feeling like a failure because I can't do anything um so I think for me anxiety is definitely the hardest thing but also the thing that I'm proud that I'm proudest that I always push through like 99% of the time I always push through it um, and I'm really proud when I do. When you're having one of those bad days or bad experiences, do you feel like a pressure to share that online or be honest about it online? Yeah, like I don't know if I feel a pressure, 
Mm. Um, but it's kind of become natural to just do it. Um, especially Instagram stories, like like most people, that's that's the first place I go. Um, yeah. To talk to talk to people, and I do feel like I can have days and days where all I do is complain. <laughs> but but I just think that that's fine and that's valid. And if people don't want to watch it, then they don't have to. Um, I know a lot of people that when they go online, they don't want. They just don't want to see negativity and that's fine. That's not my, that's not people that are going to get me at all. Um, but on the so flip side, a lot of people just want honesty on social mm-hmm. media. Like there's so much like filtered and like curated that it's nice to have someone say, actually, no, like today's a bit shit. Yeah, definitely. And that like earlier on in the week, I, cause I'm big on, you know I don't believe in dieting like I, I write a big bit in the book about how I was obsessed with dieting for years and years um, and I'm really against that now and I admitted on Instagram this week that I've been secretly dieting for the past couple of weeks so I've yeah. been like counting calories and restricting my food intake um, and I was so like not ashamed but I was just like this is I know that this is bad but I'm just going to do it um, and when I admitted it on Instagram, like I got so many messages from people saying like, we really appreciate, really appreciate you saying that. Like, so that was good. And I think, yeah, when when you're authentic, which is such a cringe way to say it, but <laughs> yeah. when, you're, when you're authentic online, like I just don't think anything bad can ever happen because you're not, you're being honest about yourself and people always resonate with it. Mm, definitely and I think also like having a bit of an audience online makes you more accountable for what you're doing like the fact that you kind of recognize I shouldn't be dieting <laughs> like it's not you know the right choice to be yeah maybe that well, that's was somewhat helped by the fact yeah. that you know you're online and doing these things exactly it's that trying to make sure that your online persona matches up with what you're like in real life exactly if you were going to give some advice to younger people, teenagers who, you know, unlike us older people, are growing up and going <laughs> through, um, you know, adolescence with the internet and social media, what should they be doing or what should their parents make sure they're doing to look after their mental health during that time? Oh my goodness, I wish I had the answer. It's a big question, yeah. Yeah, and I don't have kids, so I feel like it's really hard. But I, I would say have faith in your children (laughs) because I think everybody thinks that you know children that the youth are are idiots but we you know we grew up with tv and everybody thought that tv and video games were ruining our generation and we're I mean we're not perfect but we're fine (laughs) yeah we're Um, doing okay yeah and like you know we all managed to drag ourselves away from video games to go to a job and live life so I feel like it's it is going to be okay and the younger generation are going to find ways to set boundaries with social media because we're getting to that point now where everybody's online 24 7 and everybody knows that it's not right so I feel like we're all going to be able to recalibrate and be healthier because it just can't, it can't go on this way so we all have to find our own way to do it. Also the teams are very smart 
exactly they're smarter than us (laughs) yeah i feel like an idiot any time i'm listening to them talk about like climate change or digital stuff and coding i'm like oh god you're way smarter than i'll ever be exactly i have like maybe maybe i'm too naive but i just have so much faith in them that they like and also the younger generation are the first ones to like everyone's getting back into like you know artisan culture like people are going back to being doing hands-on jobs like being barbers or like you know doing um being a baker and all these kind of things so it's not like people are like I feel like they more than anyone see hands-on projects as a really worthwhile thing to do yeah and they're actually like aware of concepts like mindfulness and even mental health, which oh, like, when I was growing yeah. up was not even spoken about at all. Yeah, so I did a talk in a high school um, for Time to Talk Day and I was like, oh my goodness, how how am I going to talk to them? Because normally when I do a talk, it's people who are part of the mental health community. Like, are they going to understand what I'm talking about? Oh my goodness, like they had the most amazing intellectual questions. They were like, they were like, so how do you deal with imposter syndrome? And I was like, oh, okay, you guys know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And the the teacher was telling me all the projects that they're doing and they all know everything about depression, anxiety, like you're saying, mindfulness, meditating, setting boundaries. Um, so they totally know. 